Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here. And now in studio, as promised, with the ladies from Twin Peaks, Sarah and Amber. How you guys doing? Great, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm stoked. I'm stoked. You, you're stoked? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. We get to promote me. Well, you're you're <laughs> right. And Sarah is the representative for Twin Peaks here, right? In on on Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna be leaving for a competition in Nashville to be part you could be Miss Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? What is, I mean, how excited is that for you? Um, I mean, I'm really excited. I think the competition's really good because a lot of those girls are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm doing it for the experience. So. As you should. We'll see as, how it goes. As you should. Every mm-hmm. experience is, is a fun experience. But Amber, you, you guys were telling us that there's going to be a signing in, in a store tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so we are doing an in-store signing event on tomorrow. It's okay. going to be from 5 to 7 p.m. Nice. Sarah will be there um, doing autographs and poster signings. And, and, and it didn't take Sarah but a second to start posing. As soon as the cameras came out, the phones came out, she was like, oh. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I live for. I love it. <laughs> is that part of the, the competition as well when you get to Nashville? Like just yeah, it's all part like, of it? There's days that we have just photo shoots and okay. times that we go in with other girls. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's a lot of photos, and I'm obsessed. So, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's, nothing that's what, wrong that's with what that. Instagram, Snapchat, mm-hmm. Twitter, that's what every social media is for. So let me ask you, how long have you been at Twin Peaks? I've been at Twin Peaks for like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We go there. We're there all the time. Not only really? not only as customers, but also we, you know, our, us and our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, we do a lot of live broadcasts from there. Matter of fact, Ari, he's going to be there on Sunday, and, and apparently uh, you're going to be flying out on Sunday. Yeah. So so you won't see Sarah, but no, Amber, Amber will be me. in the building. So Amber, will you be there on, <laughs> on Sunday for Ari? I will be there at 10 a.m. All right. You'll see it. my pictures. It's at the front of the store. Everywhere. <laughs> Good to know. You might have to, when you do your autograph signing tomorrow, you might have to leave a couple for Ari. I will. That, I will no, write seriously. a signature That's, note for you. We'll do some, oh, I thought it was for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say I'll do giveaways. I'm about to say we could I'll do both. We could do that's. How about we do that? A little bit of uh, you know, get a little like I don't know, a handful of them and autograph them or whatever. And then Ari can give them out on Sunday when he's there at the building. I'm down. I that's, in do it. that's in support. That's in support for you. Yeah, because we need all the votes right now for Sarah. She's trying to get Miss Popular so she can place top ten in that competition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we do have a uh, live voting going on through the 20th. Okay. How do you do that? So it's going to be Miss Twin Peaks 2023.com. Okay. Let's Y'all go to better that real vote. quick. Let's go to that real quick. <laughs> Boom. I got You get five e- votes each. Four days, 23 hours, 57 minutes, and seven seconds left yes. in voting. I got it down. How did you know that? I just looked at the website. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, like, she literally wow. just told me to go to Twin Peaks. <laughs> right. Was it Twin Peaks Restaurant? dot com slash Miss Twin Peaks and there you go. Yeah, I or, think that's not how you told me to get there, but that's how I that got there. That is not how you get there, Miss Twin Peaks. Okay, well make it easier for everybody because <laughs> I made it complicated, but I got there quick. Miss Twin Peaks twenty twenty three dot com and that's you guys easy. get five votes. That's You're gonna easy. vote for Sarah for Miss Henderson. Yes. Okay, there you go, Miss Henderson. Okay. That that is awesome. Okay, so when you fly out, how many people approximately are in this competition? How many young ladies? I don't know. We have like 101 locations. Yeah. That's so a lot. one girl from each location. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm doing the math. If you've got 101 locations, one girl from each, I would say it's about 101. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I'm maybe. the smartest guy in the world, but I'm just going to say. Like, I think it's around. Simple math. Yeah, I think it's around 101. So so that's cool. So when did they? when did you know that you were going to be part of this and be, you know, in competition to be Miss Henderson? 
Well, I found out like a month ago, but I didn't think I would actually get it. Because when they surprised me, <laughs> mm-hmm. Amber was telling me that we were doing a promo for Wings. And that I needed to come in with hair and makeup and that we were just doing a promo. But no, they all hid it from me. And they all gathered me in a circle and were like, okay, we're going to announce Miss Twin Peaks. And I was like, dude, no. She's looking around for confetti poppers yeah. so she can help celebrate. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. I want one and I never got one. And then they Well, they were celebrating you. I know I didn't know that, though. Did you? Okay, now let me. I thought it was like. Something completely different. Well, let me ask you this, because there's been times when I've been part of a competition and I never think that, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win or anything like that. And then, you know, maybe you get a recognition. Did you, was there someone that you were eyeing like, oh, she's going to get it? A couple of girls. Yes. Really? All of the girls at the Henderson location are gorgeous. So you so literally had like, no uh, clue whatsoever. No, I did not think I was going to get it at That's all. Awesome. I did it for the fun of it, like right. submitted for the fun of it. Did not care like at all. Well, Ari on Sunday is going to try to be Mr. Henderson and Mr. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. How many people? As you should. H- Amber, how many people say that all the time? Like, I'm going to be Mr. Twin Peaks. Never. I get it all the time. I'm about to say. That, I, I get never it. Hear I think that that time. would be like an icebreaker or some, some kind of like no. rando competition, yes. right? A lot of guys come See. up to say that, and it's really weird. I do get don't a lot of guys that. want to try on the tops, self. though. Note to self. Don't say that. I would not have said that. I had a guy yesterday as I was on the way out. He's like, where's my tops? I can put one on. I'm like, I'll get you a size medium. I'll get you a size medium. All bad. All bad. It's so funny. My my son was in town, and then he just drove back to California, and he'll be back. I don't know, like on Sunday or something like that. Anyway, he was in town, and I said, "Hey, go go by go by your grandma's house and see her." And he's like, "Okay." So he said, "Hey, I'm with grandma." I said, "Cool. Where are you guys going?" He's like, "Oh, we're going to Twin Peaks." Oh like, my god! I was like, "Nice." I was like, "That is definitely my son right oh, there." Yeah. He, he took his grandmother to Twin Peaks. That's awesome. Perfect. I see a lot of kids come in there with their grandparents, and I love it. Well, I I'm I'm the one who introduced them as a very young young man. Before <laughs> I bef- I think before there was even Twin Peaks, I, I started taking them to. Other Hooters, or not Hooters, but other establishments that were, well, it was Hooters. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say probably Hooters. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I took them there to begin with, and then all of a sudden, you know, it evolved into Twin Peaks, and so uh-huh. here we are now. Twin so. Peaks is better. So, oh, uh, there's no doubt. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So, anyway, let's, let's let's skirt away from that real quick. So give us the website again. <laughs> MissTwinPeaks2023.com. All right. And you get five votes. Yeah, five, five votes. votes each. Okay, now, Sarah, this is going to be the million-dollar question. Uh-oh. Why is everybody going to go vote for you? To because, give, give, give uh, Act oh. like we're in Nashville. We're at the competition. Sarah, you're up. Why are we voting for you? Why are you Miss Twin Peaks? All right, there you go. Because I'm, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm better because I'm not, but. It's okay I'm, to brag on yourself. You got to do that sometimes. I'm better. <laughs> Amber, what do you think? She got does she, do We need to work on that some more. I think we need to work on that some more. Okay, well, what would you say in my position? Well, if they asked me, mm-hmm. I would probably Give me run. Some pointers. I would I would just say, well, you know, I've been working really hard at this. Oh. Uh, I take this <laughs> oh, maybe I, I take said that. I take this with a lot of pride and you know, and I represent the the Twin Peaks brand very well and I love the the young ladies that I work with, but at the same time, they all nominated me and so I want to represent not just for me. This is not just about me this is about them so i want to represent for the whole henderson location so i'm here in nashville there's a lot of great competition these ladies look at them look at them they're beautiful but but if you haven't been to henderson you don't know what you're missing out on so i'm here representing i'm blessed to be in the opportunity in the position to represent henderson so that's why you should vote for me so i could win it and take it back and share it with all the great ladies 
at Twin Peaks and Henderson. That's all I got. I need to write that Mic down. Mic drop moments. <laughs> I'll send you the audio. I need to write that down ASAP. No, you got this. Just be yourself. I literally don't, said because don't do I'm don't better. Do what I said. Don't do what? what I just That's okay. That's fine. Don't do what I just said. Ari said he's going to. I'm going to do what you just said. Don't do that. I'm going to send you the audio Thank so you, you can practice. Thank you so much. If I'm going to practice do, that for if sure. If you practice what I said and you tell them that, they're going to say, what book did you read that from? <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's so scripted. Right, exactly. So I, I literally just came up with that off the top of my head. But that's. It was good. That's what I do. It was good. I mean, this is what I do, right? I mean, yeah. so if I can't talk behind this thing, then I got a problem. Yeah. So, maybe a little bit. Right. You know, I, I, might not, I might not be employed. I might really try to be Mr. Twin Peaks at some point just because. I need a job. But no, really, he'll be at your job. I'm he'll be at Sunday. He'll be at Monday. Twin Peaks on Sunday. What time are you there, Ari? Uh, 4.30 to 6.30. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. 4.30 to 6.30. And then the book signing tomorrow, or not the book signing, but your signing tomorrow, mm-hmm. your autograph signing is when? 5 to 7. There you go. Mm-hmm. 5 to 7. Henderson, it's on Eastern. You can't miss it. It's easy to get into, easy to get out. It's a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Uh, plenty of parking spaces, plenty of great TVs, uh, cold, cold beers. It's awesome. And plenty of food. What kind of food did you guys bring? You guys brought like four bags. <laughs> no, so we brought lot. you guys some tenders we brought you guys uh we have family style salad we got chips and queso and salsa but uh we have a lot of things on the menu sarah what's your favorite item the hottie the best pizza ever (laughs) oh my god okay it's called the hottie because it has jalapenos but oh my god probably the best pizza i've ever had in my life it's my favorite if i didn't work there i would still go there and get the hottie okay i'm not (laughs) mad at that Lindsay from our morning show the morning tailgate she's been there a couple times and what is it always that she's tweeting about? Because oh, the pulled pork, the, the pulled, sandwich. Yes, Ooh, she she took fire. her mom there. Matter of fact, just the yeah. other day she was there for the NBA finals, and she took her mom there, and she was like, "This pulled pork sandwich is the best." No, yeah, I mean we do it in our smoker in house. It is a made from scratch kitchen, so nice. everything we make in the store, um, we have twenty nine degree beers, like you said, yes. so it is below freezing all the time. Um, you know, that's what we're known for. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> Believe me, I've uh, definitely had a beverage or two there at Twin <laughs> Peaks, and they're nice and cold, and that's <laughs> that's the only way to get them is nice and cold. Well, that's awesome. Before we let you go again, uh, vote for Sarah. You yep. have five opportunities. You can vote five times. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It ends in four days, 23 hours, 49 <laughs> minutes, and 48 seconds. It's, it, now we're down to 46 seconds. Now it's down to 45. Oh, Jesus. 44. Should we just keep counting? <laughs> I mean, I can do that, but I'd be here for four days and 23 four hours days. and 49. You got it. You understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Amber, tell them over time where the website is. Miss Twin Peaks 2023.com. Vote for Sarah, Miss Henderson. There Vote you go. And, and go and get your autographs tomorrow. All right? Thank you. Five to seven, right? Yes. Your, your hands going to get tired? I'll be there. I'll, I won't be there all day, but I'll be there. I'll don't be there for, early, too. Don't forget to get the autographs for Ari, too. I will. Please. I yes. won't forget it. Okay. I'll put Good. two in my No, we're going to put several because yeah, he's we'll, going to be hand them out. Oh, yeah, okay. he's we're going to put he's several. Gonna be, there you go. Exactly. And then <laughs> what you should do is when you hand them out or when you give them to him, <laughs> you should make sure you, you put it. Oh, you can't vote. In the vote. No, the voting will still be going on, right? On Sunday, yes. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, exactly. Four days. Four days. Big dummy, four days, 23 hours, 48 minutes, and 58 seconds now. So there you go. So make sure that you let everybody know where to vote when you have that picture. Oh, yeah. We have a QR code, so I'll be handing out the QR code for sure. you're already ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Well, Sarah, Amber, thank you so much. And thank you so much for bringing by the food. We definitely appreciate you. Thank you for having having us. Absolutely. There they go. Sarah and Amber from Twin Peaks here with us on Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Many thanks to Sarah and Amber from Twin Peaks, who not only stopped in the studio to talk about the Miss Twin Peaks competition and how you can get your vote on and help Sarah win, but they also brought us a lot of food. So it's so funny. Myself and Ari talked about the food factor before the show. Well, really, at the beginning of the show, we talked about it. (laughs) 
So we go out there. I walk him over to our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Just take you behind the scene a little bit. I walk him over there, set him up with Damon, who's who's right now producing Cofield and Company. And I look in the kitchen where I left three full bags of food. And Chris Magnum Chapman is already in there. He's breaking down the bags. He's got the food already out. He sees Sarah and Amber walking with me, and he says, hey, Q. Doesn't say a word to them. Hey, Q, how's everything going? I said, cool. He said, oh, man, I'm going to get some of this food. I said, okay, cool. They brought it from Twin Peaks. Oh, really? Had no idea. No idea where the food came from. But that's the thing about it. At a radio station. At the, uh, no, really. At a radio station, this is no joke. Oh, yeah. If you bring in food or there's some food that's left for the general public at a radio station, it don't matter where it came from. It doesn't matter if your enemy bought it. It doesn't matter how it gets here, how it arrives, who brought it. There's no thank yous, no, no questions asked like, hey, uh, is this for everybody? No, nothing. As long as it touches down in the kitchen, it is for public consumption. It is for the general population. And so that's what's going on. And so it's so funny. As I'm walking back to the studio, we see Craig in promotions. I'm like, hey, Craig. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, who are the young ladies? I said, oh, Sarah and Amber from Twin Peaks. I said, they brought some food. He's like, oh, bye. And turned around and kept it moving. And so, Ari, you went in the kitchen, and how much is being consumed right now? It's I, I bet if I go back, it's like half of what I just saw. There was, remember when I said four bags, and I was like, so three? <laughs> there were definitely three to start with. <laughs> it's so funny, man, but that's how it is. And honestly, even funnier about that, because I know the game when it comes to food, years ago, years ago, this is no BS, years ago when I was trying to get a job here, I was staying at my mom's house, and... Yes, here. Vegas yes. or, or Lotus? Yes. At, at this, at this, in yeah, this yeah. building that we stand, I was trying to get a gotcha. job here. And I remember going to a pizza place up the street, and I don't remember which one, but I went to a pizza place, or maybe it was around the corner, whatever, it doesn't matter. Went and bought uh, multiple pizzas and some chicken wings because I know that. What I just said about the food, I know that that's the way to get the attention of everyone in the building. So, so I had the food delivered with a note on it that, you know, I sent it, thinking everything was going to be good. Never heard back, never heard nothing. I was like, man, that's weird. So I called the front desk, and I was like, hey, I just wanted to see if the food arrived at the radio station. I said, I just sent it for you guys. You know, I'm, I'm in town. I'm at my mom's house and this and that. And I don't know who was at the front desk at the time. And the young lady says, oh, you sent that in? I was like, yeah. Oh, we thought it was a, a false delivery, so we just left it in the kitchen and nobody's touched it. Are you kidding me? Obviously, Where was De- I? Obviously, DeMond didn't work here at that time. <laughs> I, feel, I know I worked here at the time, but I must have been off that day or something because I would never allow that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it was so odd to me. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. How did hmm. how did nobody respond to free food at a radio station? That's weird. I mean, only like the Brent, like a really new person, uh, like shout out to Finn. He, he once, he saw food. He's very He's been here, what, a couple months now? Something like that, yeah. He's a good And the one day dude. he walked by, he was like, oh, this is cool. There's some food here. And he was like, should I... Am I allowed to just kind of grab it? I was so impressed. I was like, oh, dude, listen, let me let me tell you how this goes. You get whatever you can <laughs> immediately. Double that because you're you're new and you're, you know, like part-time. I'm putting all this business out. Right, but yeah, right, get, right, get right. it. No, yeah, get what's you, yours. And, hey, look, man, it know. don't matter if you're part-time, full-time, all the time. It don't matter. Get it while you're here is my point. Facts. You know. Big facts right there. So many thanks to the Twin Peaks girls, uh, Sarah and Amber, for coming by, dropping off some food and talking about their competition. And, again, Ari will be at Twin Peaks. On Sunday. Again, what time are you there? 430 to 6.30? 4.30 to 6.30. 4.30 to 6.30. Apparently with some autographed, uh, pic- what did she say, photos yeah. of uh, Sarah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. So In she's- exchange for the vote, of course. Of course, of course. Make sure you go Ain't get your vote free. on. And uh, let's see, how many. How long do you have? You have four days, 23 hours, 37 minutes, and 54 seconds. I mean, the thing, the, the counter is right there at the top of the website. 
TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash MissTwinPeaks. That's where I went to go ahead and, and get your vote on if you want to get your vote on. So there's that. We definitely appreciate them. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is coming up at 3.30. We'll talk about his piece that he put out on the .com talking about uh, the Raiders' trip to Vegas, how they ended up in Vegas, how the A's are eventually going to end up here in Vegas, and all that good stuff will break down coming up at 3.30 with Paul Gutierrez, good friend from ESPN. Cucamonga Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and said, you got my vote, Q. Mr. Twin Peaks. There it is. There it is. I knew it. It was so funny when Amber said she had never heard that. I knew it because, I, I mean, I, look, I've been at Twin Peaks plenty of times, right? And so I kind of know how it goes down. I know, you know, there's, there's some fellas that start, you know, feeling themselves, thinking that they're, you know, Mr. Fly Guy walking in the building. And <laughs> Sarah says, oh, yeah, I get that all the time. I'm going to be Mr. Twin Peaks. There you go. So Cucamonga Raider, he's voting for me to be Mr. Twin Peaks. I appreciate that. Jim from Yonkers, one mistake was that D.C. did not play in the preseason again when he had another new offensive coordinator. I think this would have helped. Bottom line, all of us fans are not getting younger. It is on McDaniels now. He ran Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game. His reason was not the truth. Trying to convince myself that this man could lead men. You can, you can know all the football in the world, but you have to build relationships with not just previous players, but develop new ones. Thanks for a great show. Nice weather in New York today. O'Connell, start warming up. That's Jim and Yonkers. Always good feedback from Jim. We definitely appreciate him. And yeah, you know, again, going back to Josh Jacobs running the Hall of Fame game, I mean, he did that. I don't know. I, I'm not in Josh McDaniel's head. I know what he told us about, you know, getting the guy a little bit of lather, getting him a little bit of burn, something that they can't replicate in practice. I mean, it is what it is. I do think at this point that they probably should have done a little action in the preseason, even if it was just a little bit, right? I mean, just a couple drives, just a couple of possessions, just to get a little bit of you know, a little clarity and, and understanding of what they're doing early. I, I do think that that was important, and I'm interested to see if you see a little bit of that this upcoming year, especially with some of the new guys. I know O'Connell will get a plenty of burn. Uh, Brian Hoyer probably doesn't need any burn, but I, if Jimmy G is available, and I'm, I'm sure they won't play him because, well, we already know he's injury prone, I would like to see him get like a drive, you know, maybe two. And I know someone's going to say, well, what's that going to that, – that doesn't prove anything. No, but it gets him into at least a game setting. You know what I mean? It just kind of lets him at least look the part. And, and have the uniform on and be under center and, you know, knowing that the, there's a clock running down. And, I mean, just it kind of gets you into the mindset of, okay, this is a game, even if it's only a few seconds or a few minutes that he's out there. Uh, I w- I'm interested to see what it looks like when preseason comes up, who actually gets a little bit of action and who doesn't get any action. Let's see. We also got one more text. We'll take a break after that. What up, Q? Poncho here. It was fun while it lasted with Carr, but it was time to move on. I'm glad we did. We wish him nothing but the best. But he is now the enemy. I think it was unnecessary for him to make that comment, but it is what it is. We're moving forward and getting ready for the season. Uh, coming up, nothing less. That is my guy Poncho on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And the comment that he's talking about is the comment that Derek Carr said and is in the RJ right now. Uh, and the, Actually, the article is called Derek Carr says Raiders didn't get my best last season. And the little... The little part of it that I was reading, they just didn't get my best, and that drove me crazy at the end of the year because I felt so spread out in so many different ways. I just didn't feel like myself, and I feel bad for the Raiders' coaches and the players. And then he says that his regression in 2022 wasn't a matter of effort or desire. Rather, it came down to his approach to a mix of professional and personal challenges, which he regrets, but now from which he also grew. So that was Derek Carr. Uh, the article is out in the RJ right now. You can check it out if you like. 325 is the time. When we come back, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
Been going fast and furious here on Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. Talk to Vinny Bonsignor. Talk to the ladies from Twin Peaks. Sam and Amber. Uh, yes. Sam? No, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah and Amber uh, a little earlier. And now we talk to our good friend Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. And Paul put the piece out on ESPN.com. Oakland to Vegas again. Comparing the Raiders and the A's relocations. And Paul, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And it's so funny looking from the outside in. From a long range, it could look like, oh, it's just the same path. You know, Oakland to Vegas, Oakland to Vegas. But these two are super, super different. What, I mean, what, what stands out to you in the path that it took for the A's to make their way here as they're on their way? Yeah, you know what's funny, Q, is, is when, when you look at the two paths, they weren't necessarily parallel. They're getting to the same place. Remember that old family circus cartoon where they showed the kids kind of walking all over the house and it's a circle here, a circle there, uh, dropping things everywhere they went? until they finally got to the destination. That's kind of where the A's are right now because it seemed like they backed into this thing. They just announced they were coming. They didn't have any mm-hmm. plans. They didn't show any stadium rendering. Then, then all of a sudden they needed $500 million. No, we need $380 million. No, we need this. We need that. And, and they get it. And, and it seemed like they just backed in. You'd hear that beep, beep, beep of a car backing in the right. whole time. Whereas when the Raiders did it, you showed up and, and they're at UNLV and they got David Beckham there, a pitch man for the Sands Corporation and, and talking about all the things the stadium could do for the community and, and going forward from there. So where the Raiders seem like a very straightforward, hey, if you if you basically make a deal with us, here's what we're going to do. The A's were like kind of ham-handed and fumbled over themselves trying to get there, and yet they're really two rubber stamp marks away from, from joining the Raiders in in their exodus from Oakland to Las Vegas, too. Yeah, and I really am disappointed in that just because I know how great the fans are there in Oakland for the A's and obviously for the Raiders as well. But, I mean, what, what we saw the other night from that that reverse boycott, 27,000-plus fans there in the stadium with sell-the-team T-shirts. I mean, I thought that that was awesome. What did you think about that that the Oakland A's fans put together the other night? Well, it showed the, the heart and the soul of the A's fan base. I mean, you know, technically, yeah, it is as, as small as it can potentially be or as seen. It's just as fierce and it's just as loyal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a former A's beat writer. I covered them in the, the you know, from like 2006 through, through 10, 13, around there. And, and there's just a special vibe when you're at the Coliseum and you hear the drums out there banging away in right field. And, and you know, it, it's, yeah, the place is a dump. But they would say, but it's our dump. Right. And there's history there. And not only just with, with, with the A's, but the Raiders and the Warriors being literally next door in, in the old arena before they moved across to San Francisco to, to show that, hey, look, the fans still do care about this. And it, it's, it's funny. It's like you could almost write two movies about the A's. Moneyball, obviously, which mm-hmm. they did do, but also Major League. Right. Because it almost seems like they broke this team down so much so that fans didn't want to go. And then the, the owners could cry foul and cry poor. Hey, man, we don't have any support here, so we need to go. And yet you saw that, that fervent fan base that still believes and still belongs. And, and really, that's, that's who's hurting the most in this whole situation. Yeah, when it's all said and done, you're absolutely right. And again, your piece that you put out on ESPN.com, you and Jeff Passan came together on it. Really good stuff. Oakland to Vegas again, comparing the Raiders and the A's relocations. And, Paul, one of the things that stood out to me was it's not like Vegas was – you know, the top of the list when it came to places to land. I mean, you're talking about Fremont. You're talking about San Jose. You're talking about Howard Terminal. You're talking about this, that, and the other. It's just like, to me, this whole path has felt like that there was never a plan. It was just like, what's in the bag? Let's throw it against the wall, and let's see if it sticks. And, and that's the thing. Like I said, covering the, the, the A's since 
at least 2005 when I came out to the Bay Area from L.A., was I distinctly remember in the back of one of the Hayes media guides the renderings of Cisco Field and Fremont. Right. And thinking, oh, man, that's going to add another hour to my commute when I have to go in for 81 home games or whatever it was at the time. And, and working at that time for the Sacramento Bee, I mean, Sacramento was like, hey, why don't you guys just come here? we got Rayleigh Field. Right. At that point, Rayleigh Field was only five or six years old and was ready for expansion where they could build on top of it for Major League. But but Sacramento at that point didn't have any Fortune 500 companies there that could support um, a Major League franchise like the A's. So you're right. I mean, it just seems like the A's, like the Raiders forever, were, were this team without a port. Mm-hmm. They were always kind of looking for the next big thing. And the strangest, most ironic part, and probably the saddest part of it all for both organizations, is where the Coliseum sits today is probably the best location for any sports stadium in the Bay Area when you factor in the airport, the yep. freeway, BART, the railroad. Everything is right there, and it's easy access, egress, ingress, everything else, and, and yet it, it just wasn't good enough. Right, it wasn't, and that's something that that uh, you know that transportation, Bart, and everything. That's something that Mark Davis talked about quite a bit about how much he loved that, right, and really wanted to have yeah. that that access and still remain there. And obviously, it could have been done. It could have been worked together where all three were still there in Oakland. But honestly, they they squatted. The A squatted on the property. So, Paul, I feel like they did this to themselves to be really begin with, acting acting like they're going to be the big bullies on the block and. They've got to have it their way, and now their way is the highway, and they're headed this way. I thought they were rooted in Oakland. You right. Slogan forever. <laughs> right. No, it goes back, and, and, I, and I reference this in the story, too, from the, from the Raider perspective. And granted, you know, I wrote from the Raider perspective. Jeff wrote from the Hayes perspective. Right. But I saw the plans at one point, early, you know, 2012, 13, somewhere around there. I saw a rendering what the Raiders wanted to do, which is demolish the Coliseum, and then in one, the northeast corner of the end of uh, the parking lot, build a baseball stadium for the A's. And in the southwest portion of the, of the parking lot, put a stadium for the Raiders. And in between where the Coliseum was, they would put up a hotel and bars and restaurants and make it, they were going to call it Coliseum City. Mm-hmm. The A's wanted nothing to do with it, I was told, because they wanted the real estate, which is where the money is, right? Yep. Follow the real estate. So... Then the, the Raiders decide, hey, you know what? They were trying to get to L.A. They, they didn't win that vote. Then all of a sudden they got Vegas. Unbeknownst to them, the A's signed that 10-year lease <laughs> right. under their nose. And, and like you said, they squatted. So then the Raiders show up one year, and then all of a sudden they have hundreds, hundreds of season ticket holder seats are gone from the Coliseum because the A's now, as you said, the bullies on the block, they, hold, they own and run the Coliseum. They took those seats out and made different little viewing areas for their own fans. So there was that going on. The Raiders used to get some money off of naming rights, whatever it's O.co or Network Associates Coliseum, whatever they used to call it. That was gone now, too. So money that used to help them pay their rent, which, oh, by the way, was tripled mm-hmm. uh, after they decided to go to Vegas. Right. Now they didn't have that money either. So there's a lot of bad feelings there between the Raiders and this current A's administration, ownership group, front office type people. Well, more, more on the business. Right, and, and what I wanted to ask you about that. What do you think the end-all, be-all goal? Is this like a lot of fans believe and, and even some media members that once they end up here in Vegas and they get their stadium and they're feeling good about themselves and their money, you know, their value of the organization goes up even more, then it's time to sell? What do you think the end-all, be-all goal is? Well, it depends upon what John Fisher wants to do, right? I mean, does he, is he in the business of just making money or is he in the business of trying to field a competitive baseball team? Right. Um, and we've seen this from the money ball days over the years. And he, that was that was the thing that I felt for for A's fans in particular was anytime they would start to 
to latch on to a player, boom, they were gone. And this goes back to the Nick Swishers, uh, you know, that era of players back then. As soon as he got too good, boom, he was gone. And you see it continue. And really, Q, if you go back to the Charlie Finley days, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is kind of in the A's DNA. I don't know what they were doing in Philadelphia or Kansas City. I wasn't around for that. But <laughs> since they've been in Oakland, this has always been an issue. So the be-all, end-all, I mean, from Vegas' perspective, I did this story back in March talking to Don Logan, the uh, – the uh, you know shout out Don Logan the Godfather of Las Vegas baseball but it's not necessarily like football is about a home field advantage from Vegas's perspective they want heads and beds right and they've got all the beds in the world for for hotels so there won't be any type of home field advantage because they just want people to come in and compete for that summer sports dollar in Las Vegas and if it's only quote unquote only a thirty thousand seat stadium that's got the retractable dome and it's one hundred ten degrees outside then you're going to have people that are there and, and hopefully they, they want them to spend their money to come in. And then that should then trickle down to the A's being able to, to get better talent, spend money on their players. I'll believe that part when I see it, <laughs> right? There I just, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that business side of them. So I don't believe that part that they'll actually do it. I think they'll continue to stack the, the dollars, put it in their pockets and put out, you know, a piss poor product. I mean, and that's what it is. And that's no disrespect to the aviators, but you know that those cats don't need to be all up there at one time, right? I mean, they, they could keep some of their stars. They should keep some of their stars. But I saw this, Paul, like what, 27,000 is estimated to be there regularly. Do you see that with everything going on here in Vegas, that 27,000 will be in that stadium consistently? Uh, for a midweek series against the Tampa Bay Rays, no. Right. For a weekend series against the Dodgers, the Angels, the Red Sox, the Yankees, sure, why not? Right. And that's, that's what they're banking on, and that's kind of the funny, funny economics that are going on is stadiums have that big capacity because they know that on the weekend, Dodger Stadium, 56, 57,000. That, you know, when you sell that out on a weekend, that then makes up for the 19, 20, 21 that you're getting for a midweek game. Right, exactly. I don't know how that makes up for such a small stadium in Las Vegas. I don't either. I don't either. And, and again, that goes back to the old, I'll believe it when I see it, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not buying that one at all. And, again, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. How badly did Major League Baseball – want this to happen not the a's but baseball in itself when they decided yeah you know what that relocation fee yeah we'll look the other way we don't need it well and that that's again that's what i call it a rubber stamp process right i mean all they really need now is the signature from the governor who oh yeah he's the guy that called for the special session to happen so he's gonna sign it and then you need major league baseball owners to approve it the commissioner said yeah you're not gonna have to pay to move done and done so Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because when this whole process was starting back in the winter, I kept hearing that baseball would actually prefer the A's to stay put and that they would want uh, an expansion team in Las Vegas for you know to, to be a homegrown type of thing. And we saw that with the Knights, right? right. If it's a home, homegrown product and then it's successful, boom, it takes off. Um, I, I, I don't know what baseball is in. From perspective, the Raiders move from a top-five market into a bottom-five market. The A's are moving from the top five market into the smallest market for baseball. Right. So where that all comes from, whether it's revenue sharing or not, it's just going to be interesting. And, and, and as the man once told me, right, follow the money. You always follow the money. The money is undefeated every single time. <laughs> money is absolutely 
undefeated again. Paul Gutierrez is our guest here from ESPN on Radio Nation Radio 920. So let me ask you this. You mentioned the Golden Knights. Of course, they got their Stanley Cup just the other night. It was awesome. The Aces, they won the championship uh, last year. They're the defending champs right now. What do you think that the, the feelings are in the, in the Raiders building, right? I mean, how much kind of pressure or even heat do they put on the Raiders to, to go ahead and keep this championship run rolling? They're going to have to keep Mark Davis distracted, right? Hope that the Aces uh, win another title. Right. <laughs> no, they, they, they should, there should be pressure, and it should be good pressure mm-hmm. because that, at the end of the day, is what it's all about. Um, being a UNLV alum, I'm looking at the running Rebels, man. they got to win a Mountain West title first, right? Right, because right, yeah. They, they're the originals. They're the OGs in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago when the Rebels ran everything in town, and, mm-hmm. and now they're an afterthought, and you kind of see it. So from the Raider perspective, yeah, that's always going to be the goal. But, you know, they haven't won a, a Super Bowl since 1983. Oh, yeah. Haven't been in one since 2003. So, you know, that talk has been clicking a very, very, very long time. Yeah, you ain't lying. I know very well how long it's been. It's been a very long time (laughs) since that has happened. But you know what? Let's close out on this. You mentioned, you know, being a a, a running rebel, you're you're an alum of UNLV. Just from your perspective, you mentioned that they used to run this city and they they don't now. But just from then to now, how massive has the growth been here in Las Vegas? Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, the other night when the Knights won, you know, you you tweet out some things, you tweet out some photos, and and you see people – talking the nonsense on Twitter about, you know, the Aces are the first professional team to win a title in Vegas. No, actually, if you take talking professionals, the Las Vegas Stars won some PCL titles, the Silver Streaks won, a, yeah. won some minor league titles. But they're, they're pros, right? I mean, even the, the Locos won the UFL title back in the day. And, and that's the difference is now they're talking the parade. And I wasn't there, uh, but I know that UNLV's parade went from Fremont down the strip all the way to Thomas and Mack and, it was something the city had never seen before or since. Now, granted, that's when the population of Clark County was less than a million. Now it's over 2.3, 2.5. So I would assume that the parade would be different. It would be bigger. And it should be because the population is so different. And, and it kind of speaks to how transient the community is. It also speaks to how young the community is. But beyond that, how new and, and there's no memory of it. So that is... It's uh, it's captivating, it's invigorating, but it's also kind of sad, and it makes you kind of wish for a uh, you know wish for uh, for younger days, so to speak. Yeah, wish for some older times again, right? <laughs> Little throwbacks. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Again, your piece out there on ESPN, along with uh, Jeff Passan, Oakland to Vegas again, comparing the Raiders and A's relocations. That was fantastic stuff, man. I was reading it last night, and I thought, man, I got to reach out to Paul. We got to talk about this. This is really some good stuff. So, with that being said, what else are you working on? Getting ready to go on vacation, man. I heard that. Me too. (laughs) Nice. No, but as far as what we're riding on, I mean, you know, this week we talked about Big Swole, uh, you know, uh, Divine Diablo. That's what Patrick Graham called him with his arms being so big now. Uh, But but looking at Chandler Jones, you know, he's the opposite of Big Swole, right? He looked like he had dropped about 20, 25 pounds when he walked in the room that day. And and that was because he couldn't work out with the elbow injury he suffered at the end of the season with two games to go. Um, But it was interesting talking with him that day is because, Obviously, he's got all the pride in the world. He's probably going to Canton as a Hall of Famer, but he's also looking forward to what his role is now is to try to pass those lessons on uh, for the young guys coming up. And the fact that he did not see them drafting Tyree as a slap in the face or a referendum on him, rather, it motivates him and wants him to pass those lessons on to the young guys now, too.
Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. When you do get a vacation, man, enjoy it. And I know coming up on Sunday is Father's Day. Enjoy that for sure, man. Have a happy Father's Day. We definitely appreciate you. Appreciate you, too, and thanks for that. And thank you. Absolutely. There he goes. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, good friend of the show. Definitely appreciate him and his time. And, again, check out his piece. Again, him and Jeff Passan, really good stuff. Oakland to Vegas, again, comparing the Raiders and the A's relocations. Completely opposite stories. Completely opposite stories on how both are going to end up in the 702. The A's are on their way. The Raiders clearly already here. 347 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number two. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Paul Gutierrez who joined us in the last segment. Talk about him and Jeff Passan from ESPN's story about the Raiders move to, to Vegas and the A's. Oakland to Vegas, again, comparing the Raiders and A's relocations. Many thanks to Paul for joining us. we got Tyler Dragon from USA Today joining us at the top of the hour. Talk all things NFL storylines. We'll get to that. We've been talking about the piece in the RJ that has to do with Derek Carr and and how he did not give his best last season to the silver and black. And, you know, the thing about it is, you know, some could take it as like, oh, okay, so now you're going to point the finger and say it was all DC's fault. No, not at all. Whatever happened that led to that 6-11 and season for the Raiders was a lot of people to blame, right? You could look at Coach McDaniels. You could look at Coach Graham. You could look at players' execution. You could look at Derek Carr. You could look at – there's plenty of blame to go around. I think everyone in that building understands that that wasn't good enough in 2022, and it needs to be a lot better in 2023. But to me, again, it just kind of caught my attention and kind of caught my surprise, even though I know, as many have pointed out, that D.C. would always say, it's on me, it's my fault, right? Look at me, I did that, whatever. But that was while he was still wearing the silver and black. So for it to be this far removed and him to be in minicamp with the Saints to just basically say, hey, you know, because of things on the field and off the field. That, I think that's what really stood out to me the most is the fact that it was some stuff off the field as well that was a big distraction. And I get it, man. There's Life happens off the field. And sometimes life sucks. And sometimes it can really distract you. So, I look, I get it. If anyone understands, it's me. So some, sometimes things happen and you're not able to put your all into it. But it did kind of catch me off guard that he said that. you know, And he threw it out there. He said, they just didn't get my best. That drove me crazy, and at the end of the year, because I felt so spread out in so many different ways. Like, I, 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 there's certain phrases that I catch, you know, that, I, that, that makes me pause, that makes me re, uh, read it again. I felt so spread out. To me, that feels like, okay, there's a lot of, you got a lot of irons in the fire, right? You got this going on over here. You got this going on over here. And, you, you know, you're working uh, this job over here. You got, you know, football right here. You're, you know, whatever it is. And, again, I'm not in the man's personal business and, and don't care to be. So I'm not sitting there investigating, well, what was so important that it threw his – no, I mean, look, again, life happens. That's what's important is life. But just, again, it just stood out to me. He said, I didn't feel like myself, and I feel bad for the Raider coaches and players. And that's also what stood out to me, and players. There's plenty of times where you could say, yeah, you know, I didn't see eye to eye with coach. You know, we just never got on the same page. Okay, that happens. But, you know, to say that he felt bad for the players – it's like he let them down. or that's, that's how I'm interpreting it, that he's basically saying that he let them down. And that, because I know how, how he was in the locker room and I know how the interactions were with the players. And, of course, Devontae Adams, we documented that so many times about that being you know, his best friend. But, you know, when you read that, and I, I read it, and I read it multiple times, and I come on the radio and talk about it, I just sit back and I start going through games. I start going through games and I start thinking about overthrows to Devontae. Balls that may bounce a little short, 
interceptions, fumbles, not getting past the 50 yard line till halftime, or not even halftime, late in the game. <laughs> right? I mean, I start I start thinking about all that and wondering, like, damn, man, what was what was going on where he was so burdened, right? Where he he just felt like he wasn't him. And I actually kind of feel sorry for him. You know, we had Nick earlier from Vegas call and say that he appreciated him being honest, and I do too. But I, a, a little bit of myself makes me feel a little bad. Like, damn, man, whatever he had going on was 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 pretty rough. Because a lot of the games now, to me, makes a lot more sense. That they weren't on the same page for multiple reasons. It wasn't just, well, the playbook is too hard to understand. Coach McDaniels didn't give him enough freedoms at the line of scrimmage. He didn't open up the playbook enough. And that's why when Jarrett Stidham got in during that game against San Francisco, that, that New Year's Day, where they almost won the game, and I know almost is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades, and I don't play either. <laughs> right? I don't play with either. I sure ain't touching no hand grenade. <laughs> that's for damn sure. So I always thought that was a funny saying, like, man, you ain't supposed to be playing with no hand grenades anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that. you know, they almost won. But it felt to me, watching it, sitting in the press box watching that game, it felt like even the playbook was a little bit more opened up that day. And I thought, damn, this is Jared Stidham's first, first start, first career start. And it felt like the playbook was more open. But it's just, it's just a, you know, it's, again, I guess it's kind of the bow that you could put on the season, knowing that it doesn't matter. None of it matters at this stage. It's, it's June 15th. What matters is what they're going to start doing six weeks from now when they get to training camp. Raider Mike in Colorado said on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Also, Q, Carr finally admitting he didn't give it his all should take some of the blame, uh, not all, but some of the blame off of Coach McDaniels. And I can see that, but I agree with what you're saying. Some. You can't take it all. You can't just put it all on one person's shoulders. Like, I wouldn't put it all on Coach's shoulders. I won't put it all on Derek Carr's shoulders. I, I would not do that. Like I said at the top, there's plenty of blame to go around from what happened. Uh, let's see, what else? Jordan in Utah County, and then we'll take a break, said, it's a little frustrating to hear Carr's comments to think about what could have been, but it does put into new light why the Raiders felt like they could move on without him. To me, it gives more validity to the front office's decisions. 69187, keyword R&R. Do you feel like Jordan in Utah County, does it give more validity to the decision to move on from Derek Carr? Does it make more sense why the team felt comfortable with moving and going in a different direction after hearing what you heard from Derek Carr. 355 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three of the show. Tyler Dragon from USA Today kicks it off. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.